I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. I have two very special guests with me today. Um, Today we're going to be joined by Emily and Avery. And Emily, how long... How long have we known each other? When did we first officially meet? Well, we met in person last November, I think. At the mastermind? At, yes, but we've like followed and talked to each other on social media for a very long time, I feel like. So if you're not following Emily on Instagram, you should go over and do that because she's doing some really awesome things, um, both creatively and on the farm as well, which is really fun to follow. I love just watching your... You make me feel young because you are, <laughs> we're two different generations. So I learn a lot yeah. of the cool lingo and stuff from you and use it in, in proper situations, but it's fun following you and <laughs> all the cool things and all the fun trends and stuff that you're doing. Um, so thank you guys for being here today. You have some, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. You guys have a lot of things going on. Um, Emily from the marketing side of things, Avery with your farm, and then Emily, you've got a little plot that you're doing. So where do you want to start? Do you kind of want to start off by introducing yourselves um, and a little bit of what you do? Yeah, we can start introducing ourselves and then dive into all the different tangents of things that we do. So I am Emily. I just go by my name on Instagram, which is Emily Motsky, and also like the name I've given myself is your farmer friend and I really try and so I didn't grow up in agriculture specifically my grandparents had a dairy farm and then through 4-H and FFA in elementary school and high school I decided I really enjoyed animals and agriculture and so I went to UW-Madison for animal science and life sciences communication because I like to talk about agriculture but I also like to know the facts about agriculture Um, And then Avery is my boyfriend. And so we started dating when I was in college and they have a family farm. And so I like to take the lens of the consumer side because I didn't grow up in agriculture and kind of translate what's going on in agriculture then to people outside of it, going back to the your farmer friend name that I've given myself. And then Avery can introduce himself. (laughs) I'm Avery. got a custom spraying business and then my family does custom farming and we farm some acres ourselves also for grain and forages so we do literally everything but milk the cows (laughs) so we were talking before we started recording like again like I know nothing about cows so I was very confused before you said we do everything but milk the cows as to what kind of cows you have I say what kind of brand of cows do you have but (laughs) so what kind of brand of cows do you have and and what what do you do (laughs) yeah this is my part of what I enjoy doing on the farm is working with the cattle Um, because like I said I was an animal science major and it just makes me so happy being on cat farm and stuff so we work with a local dairy farm Actually, let me go back, backtrack. So oftentimes there's people that ask like what happens to bull calves on dairy farms and we're what happens to bull calves on dairy farms. So we work at the dairy farm and we purchase our bull calves every week. And then we take them back to our farm and raise them up as steers. So then they go into the beef market. 
And so we actually do direct to consumer beef from the farm. That's like one of my other roles there is selling the beef from the farm. And then with that same dairy farm that we work with, we custom raise their heifers. And so once the heifer calves or the girl calves are, um, I'll, I'll bring out all the lingo for you. Thank you. <laughs> so once the girl calves are weaned off of milk up there, um, is it, are they up there for a little bit longer? And then yeah, they, a little bit longer. Until yeah. they start eating like hay and corn silage, basically. That's when we, that's when we get them. They're probably... 300, 350 pounds. And then, yeah. and then we'll raise them to the point where they get bred at our farm. And then just before they're going to calve, they go back to the dairy. So mm. keep them until, like I said, we do everything but milk them. And then we actually supply that dairy with all of their feed and all of their manure comes back on our own. And then, yeah, like I said, everything but milk them. So how do you find that farm, I guess, how do you build a relationship with a farm where they can trust you to raise their calves and, and kind of vice versa? How do you build that partnership? Is it like a family friend or is it just strictly business? In 2002, it's a family from the Netherlands, actually. And we sold them <laughs> 40 acres of our farm to build it so they could build a dairy on it. And then obviously they don't have a land base then. They only have the 40 acres to build on. And then we kind of came, they got a, I don't know if it was a contract, I don't know, it's pretty young, but I'm sure some sort of agreement contract that, you know, we were going to do this for them and, you know, they could use our land for manure and we would supply them with all their feed. Cause like I said before, we have a custom chopping business. So we, dairies all around our area hire us to make their feed. So they have their own haylage and corn silage but they hire us to come in and harvest it every crop. So we've got a couple choppers that, you know, is way more than we would need just for our farm. But like I said, we've got the land base to supply them with their feed and the equipment to harvest it. So that's a really cool community aspect side of things. That I guess I never really thought about. Is that this, I feel like this is a dumb question. Is that pretty common for a lot of, communities uh, have that tight knit of a I, group i haven't really heard of any other situations like that but i mean it's been really good for both of us i would say because obviously cow manure is a good good fertilizer nutrients, nutrients for our our land and and then it's it's really good for a rotation of crops instead of just having corn and soybeans you know we have 800 acres alfalfa that we rotate through our fields, which really helps grow better corn and soybeans in the future, you know, instead of just constantly growing the same thing over and over again, so. Cool, wow. So Avery, have you stayed at your family's farm? Like, did you go off to college or anything or have you stayed and worked since you were a tiny tot? <laughs> yeah, uh, I went to Platteville one semester and had a few too many beers and then decided I'd rather just come home. And a few so. too too many or two last minutes in class. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for me. I knew it wasn't for me, but I told my mother I'd give it a shot. It was good. It was a good vacation. I feel you though. I but that's good that you went out and you you tried it at least. Like that yeah. I feel like that is enough to know yeah. what you really want to do. Met some good people and made some friends and in the farming industry so and that's 
I mean, I would say that was worth the tuition, honestly. Yeah. Awesome. So Emily, kind of going back to you, how, I want to say, how did you end up where you're at now? But what kind of, I know you kind of had a different path getting to where you are now. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and what your pull to come back to like the, the quote unquote farm life was like? Yeah, I, like I said, my grandparents had a dairy farm. And so me and my cousins, I have two girl cousins, they're my age. And growing up, my grandpa called us his boys, because we were like tomboys running around on the farm and stuff. But then when my grandpa or when I was in the third grade, my grandpa passed away and they my family ended up selling the cows. We still have the land that the farm's on, we rented to another farmer. Um, But I don't know that like, I just have so many great memories as a child on the farm. And even though I wasn't connected to agriculture for quite a long time in my childhood, I mean, my mom did sign me up for 4-H, but I did more of like the arts and crafts projects and not like livestock or anything. But then in high school, I joined FFA and actually I can talk about this now. (laughs) When I was younger, the only reason I signed up for FFA initially was because we got to help out at field trips. So we got out of class (laughs) and got to go. (laughs) But because of that, I learned that I really enjoy agriculture and like especially the animal side of things um Ava and I actually met at an FFA field trip so that was our first experience in high school we were taking the garbage out of the chicken tenders from a field trip from Culver's so oh that's always great to bond over chicken tenders especially from quick trip or from oh my gosh Culver's I mean, we can bond over Quick Trip, we can bond over Culver's, <laughs> love all the things. I was going to say, because the first Culver's is from your hometown, so you better yeah. bond over Culver's. It's a true love story, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but because of FFA, and I don't know, I just really enjoy talking about agriculture, and I also really wanted to go to UW-Madison, so um at the time, somebody I looked up to, she was a student at UW-Madison in their grad program in the animal science department. So I went and toured it with her, met all the professors, thought maybe I was going to be a vet. And then I took chemistry and I was like, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> can't do that. And so then I continued on with the um, ag business side of animal science. So they have a pre-vet and ag business side. So I took a lot of business classes. And then, like I said, the life sciences communication, that was more marketing stuff. And then Avery and I started dating in when I was in college. And because they have a farm, that was kind of my like back to being active on a farm and being outside on a farm. And again, going back to my roots of like, I just have such fun memories of being on the farm. And I like am truly the most happiest when I'm outside in the calf barn or out in the fields or whatever so I think we've been slowly trying to find ways for me to be on the farm more so like last fall I worked in the grain facility that they have which was quite interesting and you meet a lot of interesting people doing that and it was a lot of work but it was really fun too at the same time and then I work in the calf barn a lot so every Friday when we go pick up calves I do that um, give all the vaccinations and stuff like that with his cousin who does mainly all the cattle stuff on the farm. So kind of being, I don't want to say the outsider of the, of the family, but like not being like a, a blood family member, how has that transition been for you, especially being a female kind of 
working with that family dynamic? Has it been, um, has it been acceptance from day one, or do you feel like you have to kind of overachieve and kind of prove yourself to kind of go through these different roles and, and find your fit in the farm? I feel like that's a very loaded question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Avery, do you have part of an answer to that? You can answer it. I want to hear you. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of butt my way in, I think. I don't, you think I did Well, yeah, it's, she, I mean, she's comfortable with cattle, but our farming operation is a lot of driving equipment yeah. and a lot of trailers and trucks, and and she hasn't exactly... I haven't proven myself in that yeah. part. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's not like a farm I'll be anymore, right? I mean, you're going down the road in 60, 70 thousand pound machines and so you have other people's lives in your hands. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. got to be care. I mean, she can do it, but sometimes we got to remember to slow down and teach her how to do it, right? Yeah. And it's hard to do some days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I mean, like you guys, it's second nature for you to hop in a tractor to back up a trailer or something and you need it done quickly. But then you also have to remember that Emily hasn't done it, you know, or she's not as familiar. So she's not going to be the the first person you call, but she still wants to be. So like I, I understand, like it's hard wanting to do something, but then being frustrated and not knowing how to do it as well or like be as comfortable with the machine especially backing up trailers. Like, I feel like once you have mastered the art of backing up a trailer, you can do pretty much anything. So just that, that's the hardest part. So if you can get that done, I feel like you're, you're good to go. Yeah. I grew up in the green cart at 10 years old. I was running it. So it's like, it's, I, and trust me, I screwed up plenty of stuff then too, but we just got yelled at and then you figured it out eventually. And she doesn't take the telling as good as I was going to say, when you do get yelled at, you just have to remember that it's not personal. It's just, right. just farming. Yeah, you got to figure it out. Yeah. But to go back to your original question, like there are things on the farm that I know like I can do. And so, for example, since, like I said, Dalton, his cousin does a lot of the cattle work. Like I now, speaking of driving a truck and trailer, can drive the truck and trailer by myself to go pick up calves. From the one farm that we don't, I don't have to back into to the farm that we do have to back into, I don't drive. But I've made it so that I can drive the things without having to back up. <laughs> but then, like, where I am comfortable in on the farm is like the grain facility, I can work there. I know how to do things there. And then with the cattle, I have my place there of things to do. And it was more of just like a asking like, hey, can I help with this? Can I be involved in this? Do you need help with this? But then when it comes to like the big equipment that's... Uh, that's what we're working on, learning on. And like what she does do and what she's been doing, she's getting, you know, lots better at. Like the grain facility, when you showed up there, you knew nothing about it. Yeah. But now you work there for the fall and then. Now I'm the CEO there. Yeah. <laughs> Good. As it should be. <laughs> so do you have kind of a goal in mind for where you would like to be in, in the long run of things? Like, do you have a vision of where you see yourself on the farm long term? Or just kind of learning every day and just kind of seeing how things go and testing new things. Like, do you want to be in charge of the calves forever? Like, do you want that to be your thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you see yeah. the big picture? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's there's a lot of dynamics with the farm just because it's like Avery's parents, then a business partner, and then there's other like people that work full time at the farm. So it's kind of like 
right now, like I said, fit in where I can. Um, we have our direct to consumer beef business. So I have more goals with that. Ideally, I would be able to be at the farm and do stuff every day and not be sitting at my computer every day, which is what I do now. But I think it's more of as time goes on, where can I fit in? I have goals for her. I want to be able to call her and say, I need X, Y, Z, and she's can just do it. And I don't have to explain it to her. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I need to do a little better teaching so I, she can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it takes a lot of effort on both both ends to make that work. Yeah, I I I totally understand. I can relate to that very much. I know how that goes. It it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> For me, like you grew up there, we were there all summer long. Eventually you just kind of figure things out, right? And you need to yeah. you, dad tells you to go do something and he doesn't really have a time frame, but like you just take your time and go figure it out and then you got it, right? Whereas yeah. when I'm now it seems like I need it. It's like, I need you here. Yeah. 10 minutes ago. Yeah. My dad does the same thing. He's like, I need, I need like this size wench. I need it now. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. So let me just Google a picture of it quick and like run around our shop and try to find it. So use Google as much as you can when you don't know what part you're talking about. Right. Um, So, okay. So you do direct sales, which I think is really interesting. How was, was that a thing before you started doing it or was that something was that something you kind of pitched to the family and was like hey I can start doing this is that something you're interested in or how did that kind of come about because you're working like with your community want to explain that relationship (laughs) let me explain that they so they've always sold like beef shares to friends and family like quarters halves whatever right like we've always done that for a long time but um when I was in college I worked at a creamery where we did like farm tours and everything and that's where I learned like I myself really enjoy working with consumers and like talking to consumers about what's going on on farms and everything and obviously since we do everything but milk the cows we don't have opportunity to have something like that but a good way for me to have access to consumers and to sell our product to consumers and also talk to them about agriculture is through beef And we have beef on the farm. So then I kind of promoted the idea of instead of just doing beef shares, let's do retail cuts. And like I said, I have big vision for what I want to do with that in the future. But let's start with retail cuts and see how that goes. And so we started that last September. And then we this summer, we're doing a farm camp on the farm. And so that was something I kind of, like I said earlier, I kind of bulldoze my way sometimes. And I like called Avery's dad and I was like, hi, I want to do this on the farm. Can I do it? And he was like, sure. And then I, now we launched farm camp. She gets whatever she wants. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's why I said sometimes I'm like, it's not as much of a challenge because I kind of have them wrapped around my finger, but. (laughs) As long as you know that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. (laughs) That's really a cool dynamic to have though, because like, I feel like working for my dad I don't necessarily have that all the time where if I like pitch him something he'll be like no that's stupid whereas like if you you know he he might not be so strict about it he's like yeah I trust you that's great whereas my dad would be like no next like just stop thinking about it so I'm glad that you have kind of like that flexibility and that freedom to like not be afraid to ask 
for things or to just pitch yourself like that. I think that's really great for you, especially because you have so many great ideas. How did you start working with the community um, and like going to restaurants? So if there are other um, folks that are looking to kind of do consumer sales with their beef, how did you kind of wiggle your way in and start that first relationship? The, so actually it was mainly him and his dad because the employees at the farm and everyone at the farm go to town a lot for lunch and they go to this restaurant called, or well, it's a bar and grill called The Gym. Um, I've been there. You have? Yes. <laughs> well, next time you come through town, you'll have to stop there again and get a burger. <laughs> I will. But so they go there quite often for lunch and they are actually the ones that started the conversation. So I think like the advice that people can take from there is like think of restaurants or places that you frequent often and already are like have somewhat of an established relationship because you don't want to go into a restaurant where you've never been. Well, you can sometimes, but like you don't want to just go into a restaurant and be like, I want you to buy our beef. You have to like build that relationship. So, I mean, they've been building that relationship with that bar and grill for quite a while. And so then when they saw that we were selling beef direct to consumer, they started talking and figured out a way that they could have our beef there. So you don't do just like cold sales or anything. You don't just like walk into a place and be like, hey, we have beef. Are you looking for somebody? Well, we, the logistics of that are kind of tough because we need a lot more freezer space before we start really pushing it. I mean, because it's like, we got all we can do to keep up with this place. I mean, they have a really big lunch crowd and it's like, not all we can do, but it's like, we're just kind of getting our feet wet right now in it. And they, it's kind of tough, you know, to stay on top of it. Well, you know, if that was the only thing we were doing, it'd be easy, but it's not, you know, we're busy in so many other things too. I will say, so we are just starting with Wagyu Holstein crosses. So they'll, they'll be a little bit more, higher end beef and I do want to like talk to restaurants in Madison um but I'll so I'll probably cold call them a little bit and bring samples and stuff to them but to get your feet wet and like working with restaurants because also when I go to them I can say I already have an established restaurant with this place we've had mm-hmm. this we've had this relationship for x amount of years it's been really well this is what I can provide to you so yes we have our feet wet with this place but then in the future I can use that to leverage another relationship too. Yeah. And I feel like you guys are in the perfect spot where you're close enough to Madison, where Madison's especially going to jump all over like the farm to table type thing. So that's, that's exciting if you can continue to build upon that. Um, Okay. So you've got your, your farm, like your, your kids day at the farm. What is that? Do you have the details all lined up for that? I have most of the details lined up besides like actually writing down the step-by-step lesson plans. Um, so we're having a farm kids or farm kids camp on for three days in June, three days in July and three days in August, Monday through Wednesday, full days. And it's for kids seven to 13 years old. And then we'll, they'll come to the farm. We'll teach them how to feed calves and kind of like animal handling stuff. And then I have different activities planned throughout the day or they'll be able to like see tractors and see implements that they grow or drive. Then they'll be able to see the field and see what's being grown there and do lots of different arts and crafts and activities. We're doing farmer Olympics. Lots you, of fun stuff. 
Yeah. Can anybody sign up for that or is it through like an FFA program or a 4-H thing? Anyone can sign up for it. So I have some spots open and I am extent. So I need to close the June one soon just because of logistics wise, because I'm getting shirts, t-shirts for every kid and stuff. But July and August will stay open until like before, right before then. So if people still want to sign up, they can. And where's the best place for folks to go for more information or to sign up? Just on your Instagram? Um, you can go to my website. It's just my name. So emilymotsky.com. And then there is like a drop down tab for Prairie Raised Beef, which is our beef business. And then a tab specific for farm camp. Perfect. I'll link that down in our show notes too. So if you guys are interested, you can just head there and just click and it'll take you right to there. So that's really exciting. I'm excited to see how that does and, and to see it grow because I think a lot more people, a lot more towns need to start doing stuff like this just to get kids interested in agriculture and keep them interested in agriculture. So when they do go to the grocery store, it's not such a shock to where their food is coming from and just start that relationship at a younger age, I think is really smart on, on your end. So cool. That's very exciting. I think I manifested it actually as a child on my grandparents' farm because my two cousins and I, we had this plan growing up. I vividly remember we stayed up until like midnight, 2 a.m. Every time as kids, we were there having sleepovers, making plans for a horse camp, like a kid's horse camp. And then I was talking to somebody about this a while ago and I was like, oh my God, I like had a plan for a kid's camp when I was a kid and now I want it for other people uh, because like I got exposed to agriculture as a young kid through my grandparents farm and that's why I like still draw back to that and, and involved in agriculture now and so I think like giving kids that exposure to agriculture at a young time young age and before they have any like preconceived notions about like agriculture of like if it's good if it's bad whatever they're going to have that tangible firsthand experience and then they can form their own opinion about agriculture too. Yeah, that's really awesome. When when I was little, I wanted to be a vet as well. And my mom got me like this job shadow with our local vet for the day. And it was really cool. I got to like do, I got to see a cat get its teeth clean. I got to see like a dog get neutered or something. And then we loaded up and we went to a farm. We went to a dairy farm and I didn't know what was going on. I was like five or six at the time. Like, I was pretty young. And then she got out the gloves and I was like, nope this is not for me. I do not want to do this anymore. So maybe don't include that because that traumatized yeah. me. I don't know if she was like preg checking the cow or if she was just checking things out in there. I don't know, but it was, that was, okay. that was part of my veterinary dreams. <laughs> um, so let's kind of shift gears a little bit because you guys also, along with like, your, let's, let's plug your YouTube channel as well. So if you want to keep up with their farm activities, you guys have a YouTube channel, which I'll link again in the show notes. Um, but how is that going? Do you guys enjoy doing that together? Or is it more you, Emily, that enjoys uh, it? We have some frustration sometimes just because like they're very busy and I understand that. And so it's hard for them to pull out the camera and pull out the phone and record what they're doing. But also we need them to pull out the phone and record what they're doing for content wise. Um, so we've had some discussions sometimes where I'm like, I'm sick of this. I don't want to do this anymore because I'm constantly asking for videos. 
but I think overall, I mean, it is something fun to do. And like, for example, this year I'm farming my own field. And so like, we're making a series out of that. And it's just like, I don't know. What are your thoughts on our YouTube channel? <laughs> I like it. It's just, like she said, it's hard to slow down on some days and get like, cause it does slow you down, right? Yeah. You, you think you could just stay at the same pace you were at, but you can't, you know? And I do, I mean, I hear a lot of positive feedback from people that watch it. You know, it's, it's crazy. You go like this year, we had an indoor tractor pull in Indiana and like people I don't even know were coming up to me. And, hey, I watch you guys on YouTube. I, you know, I watch it with my grandson. They really like it. Uh -huh. it's, it's cool. Like it's cool. And I like hearing that. And that's what makes me want to keep doing it. But some days it's, it's hard, hard. You know, especially in the spring. So yeah, a lot of it then has turned into like me going to ride with them and then I'll ask them questions because that doesn't slow them down as much versus if they're pulling out their phone or like, for example, today, Mason, what he was doing, he was able, yeah, Mason is Avery's brother. What he was doing today, like he could pull out his phone and it didn't really slow him down, but depending on like if like Avery, when he's spraying, like he's on the go, on the go, on the go and pulling out his phone stops him. So if I'm riding with him, then we can get some good clips and stuff, but. Yeah. And, and I think what's really cool too, is it's just like the new way of documenting, you know, what's going on at the farm. It's like your new farm journal. So it's like in five years, you can look back and be like, oh, wow, I was planting, you know, this, this month, whereas like now I'm planting a little bit later because the seasons are different or whatever. So it's just kind of cool to see to then look back at like your grandparents' farm journal and be like, oh, they were doing this, you know, but now we're doing it. So, I mean, like, I get it. It's frustrating, but at the same time, it's just like a different way of documenting and like keeping up with your farm history too. So if that helps make things a little bit better, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, but that's really cool. I'm glad you guys are doing that and getting like everybody involved instead of it just being like you, Emily, or like you and Avery, you get the whole family in on it and, and sharing things. I think that's really cool. Um, well, and it helps like this summer, well, any summer we go tractor pulling. And so that's like a lot of different, like different content yeah. that other farm YouTubers don't have. And so that's helpful. And it just gives us something else to show. Like we're not just showing, I shouldn't say just showing farming, but we're showing other things that we do besides farming. Yeah. It keeps it interesting and it's not the same thing over and over again. So that's a good segue into tractor pull. How, how did you get involved in this? How long have you been doing it? Like, what do you do? How long are you traveling? Like, give me all the details on this because I don't know much about tractor pulls either. So my dad, my dad started tractor pulling like when he was young, probably 16. And he kept, so we have, we still actually have it. My grandpa had a 806 international that my dad would so to make weight so tractor pulling more weight is an advantage to your pulling vehicle right because you have better traction and uh so he would take the narrow or the wide front off the tractor and put different tires on it and take the three point off like every weekend he was tearing my grandpa's tractor apart to go tractor pulling and then <laughs> Grandpa got sick of it, so he bought him a 1066 to just tractor pull with, and that's kind of where it started. And that's actually, it's 
the only part left from that 1066 is like the rear end of it, like the rear end housing. Not even the stuff on the inside, just the housing. That's all the only thing left, but that's the tractor Mason and I drive. And then my dad built a, a new pro stock in like 2019. So he's been doing it since, I don't know what the math would be on that, like 75. A long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> he's old now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've been doing it my whole life. I've been around it, grew up at tractor poles. And uh, I don't know, we got a lot of friends in the polling world. And my dad's actually the president of the Badger State Tractor Pullers. So, well, la dee da. So it's a little more, we're a little more involved than just going to the polls too. So, yeah. So is that any, like, do you participate in it? Or are you just there for like support and repairs and stuff? Or do you do, do you do, do the thing? So my brother and I share a tractor. We pull every other time. Okay. So like this weekend he pulls up the next pole and we just flop back and forth. And then uh, my dad drives his every week. So that's crazy. So how long is your season? Uh, it's pretty much all summer. I mean, it'll start here in what's it, the tenth? Yeah, June tenth. It's the first one, and then it goes to like our last one's in September. We got like I think there's like twenty five poles that we go to or something like that. Is it all in Wisconsin? Or are you all across country with this? So we. It's mostly Wisconsin and Northern Illinois. And we have one poll in Iowa this year too. In Dubuque, yeah. So basically. Basically Wisconsin. Ooh. (laughs) And then his dad pulls at the National Farm Machinery Show, which is in Louisville in February. And then they took it to their tractor to ship Shawana, Indiana for an indoor tractor pull this last year. Yeah. How much work is that? Like (laughs) a lot? (laughs) yeah it's it's really dumb it's like it's it's fun it's a lot of fun for 13 seconds and then and you're done but it's cool so i guess like what's the objective like what's your goal at tractor pulls i guess i don't understand what happened walk me through the weekend so you have your tractor you get there you drive it and then you're done yeah pretty much so there's there's different classes for like horsepower levels, basically. Okay. So like our our track, I say our my brother and I's tractor is a limited pro stock. So that's got regulations, like it's got rules. Your motor can be only be so big, your turbo can only be a certain size. So it kind of regulates the class, right? And then you hook onto a, a sl- they call it the sled, and that's got I don't know if, if you've never seen tractor pulling, it's got a it's a really long sled and then it's got a pan that sits on the ground and then the weight when you're at the beginning of the track the weight starts in the back of the sled and as you go down the track the box of weight moves over that pan making it harder and harder to pull and it eventually stops you so your goal your objective is to go as far as possible okay i didn't and know if it was a speed thing or it's a distance it's just distance i mean the okay. fast the faster you go, you have more momentum, which helps you go further. But in the end of the day, that the only thing that's measured is distance that matters. Like that's how you place is distance. Ah, but, but at so much. At a, at a hundred feet, the the weight box is in the exact same spot for everybody, right? Okay. So like 
you're going like you usually pull around 300 feet is kind of like the average distance i mean it can be like 290 to 340 wherever the sled stopping you but i don't know that's okay okay now it's making more sense than just loud noises because it's loud mm -hmm. it is yeah. <laughs> so i'm close to the the toma tractor pull right like we're probably 30 minutes away from the fairground and we can hear it all the way out here it's just obnoxiously loud and it's just like what but every I, like i've never gone to it before so that's why i don't know anything i'm right there next <laughs> to it but it always rains or it's ungodly hot and it's just no fun yeah. to be at you guys are you going to be at toma this year probably not no so that's a ntpa pull and we're we're with like the pro pulling league, which is a different club. Mm. Have you guys ever pulled Toma? A long time ago. Mm. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we won't be at tractor pull near you. <laughs> well, we're up there. So we, we, well, we used to pull in, uh, I don't remember, up there somewhere, Black River Falls. Yep. Okay. We used to pull there. But we don't anymore. <laughs> How do you like that, Emily? I along for all of them, or do you just kind of like pick and choose when you want to go? No, I go along for all of them. Um, I work at the tractor pulls, so we have like people that have to do registration. So all the pullers like come up and register and get their pulling order. And then there's also so then that person who does registration also takes all the distances throughout the entire poll and then sorts it so we know who the winner is, et cetera. So I either do registration at every poll or I help with the video board. So we have a video board that goes to every poll that runs ads, does instant replay, stuff like that, or so I'll help with that. And so I have a job at every tractor poll because otherwise I would just be following them around and be really bored. Cool. Oh, I, I just learned so much today. Do you have like a schedule? So if people want to see it or like come see you guys, do you have a schedule posted anywhere? I believe the website is bstponline.org. Like okay. Registered tractor pullers, like bstponline.org. No, it's dot com. Dot com. <laughs> I will link that as well. So if you guys want to check it out and go say hi to them and be creepers. That and they have a Facebook page too. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Well, I just learned so much, you guys. Thank you for coming on here today. Is there anything else in your busy lives and busy schedules that you want to talk about? Emily, do you want to talk about like your marketing stuff? Well, I actually want to plug a tractor pulling thing quickly. Yes, please do. So on June 10th is the first tractor pull of the year, which is for the um, American, well, it's a benefit tractor pull we call it. It's for the American Family Children's Hospital down in Utah. Utah wow. You said to not mess up and here we go. This is permanent. <laughs> on June 10th is the benefit tractor pull for the American Family Children's Hospital down in Madison. So last year, the organization raised over $100,000 to donate to the hospital. And so obviously we try and beat that every year, but it's June 10th at the Baraboo or at the Sauk County Fairgrounds in Baraboo, Wisconsin. 
from 6 p.m. until whenever the poll is over, every single Badger State tractor pullers class will be there. So if you want to see any tractors in this, like in the club in the state to go to that poll. Um, and like I said, all the proceeds are donated to the Children's Hospital. So it's a super great cause. Cool. So, is there any from there? <laughs> yeah. Is there very long motorcycles are driving by today? <laughs> Where if people can't make it, can they donate online? Do you know? So I did it last year because I posted about it and said if people wanted to donate, they could just Venmo me and then I like cut a check after I got all the Venmo donations and send it in. Otherwise, I they could probably write a check to Badger State and mail or it. Just, or just donate right to the children's hospital. Or, yeah. It doesn't have to go through us. Yeah. I mean, you can just, that's where it all goes anyway. So if they, a lot of times like the sponsors checks and everything are made out right to the children's hospital instead of to Badger State. So cool. That's really cool. I will, I'll definitely leave a link for that or um, just shoot Emily a message on Instagram and she can kind of point you in the right direction as well. But June 10th. Cool. Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars because that's an important one. Awesome. Um, thank you guys for being on here today. But before I let you go, we're going to do a couple of rapid fire questions that I haven't thought of yet. So <laughs> are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Since you are from the birthplace of Culver's, what is your go-to order when you're just absolutely starving? A kid's cheeseburger meal with nothing on the burger besides cheese and a ketchup packet on the side. Oh my gosh. <laughs> French fries and the Wisconsin cheese sauce. And then with my Scoopy token, if it's a cookie dough flavor of the day, I'll get that. Or I'll do chocolate with chocolate custard with a marshmallow cream and Oreos. And half okay. lemonade, half fruit punch to drink, specifically. <laughs> Interesting. I do half lemonade and half Sprite, but I'll have to try it with a fruit punch. That sounds... It's pretty good. Is it? It is. She turned me on to that. <laughs> I like a double bacon deluxe basket, everything on it, cheese sauce, french fries, and either the lemonade fruit punch mix or Dr. Pepper. Solid choice. Any yeah. custard? Yeah, turtle sundae. It's hard to beat a good turtle sundae, and they've got. Or if you really want something fancy, <laughs> you get a root beer shake. Those things smack. They are so good. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't think yeah. it would be a big difference from a float, but it... yeah. A plus. Yeah. I haven't had one in a long time, and now I'm just going to crave it all week. So thank you. I think I'm getting thirsty just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's change. Change the subject. Uh, squeaky or fried cheese curds? Depends where they're from. Yeah, <laughs> it depends where they're from. If they're from Car Valley, I want them squeaky. If they're from a restaurant or bar that does them really good, then I want fried. Yeah. If they're from the Monroe, what, what pole is that? Monroe. The Green Valley Fall National Tractor Pole. Definitely fried. <laughs> Just okay superior. they're just superior there that's that's a fair answer I'll, I'll take that um okay I'm, I'm just gonna talk about food the whole time what's your quick trip <laughs> to? well if it's like 1 a.m after the bar 
Yes. A good sandwich. Okay. That's my good one. Or, or we'll get like chips and cheese and just make like nachos. <laughs> and poor man's nachos. She just gets shredded cheese and, and tortilla chips and just puts them in the microwave together. And calls them nachos we so in college we would always go to agr and they would always make those at parties and so they're agr nachos and we'd eat them they don't even layer like i have to get involved because they'll just dump chips on a plate and then throw cheese on the top like if you put some chips and then some cheese and then some chips and then some cheese you, it's a way better combination but they're just uncultured <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just drunk girl logic. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah but then you eat a big slab of cheese off the top, and then now you're just eating chips. That's fine. I don't see a problem with that. What's your quick chip go-to? Uh, spicy chicken sandwich with mayo and ketchup. And then if they've got them, which they don't a lot, the Parmesan wings are pretty good. They're Ooh, they do have good wings. I will give them, I will give them yeah. that. That and the mac and cheese that you put in the microwave, that stuff's pretty good too. Unless you're too intoxicated and you accidentally grab like cheesy potatoes and they your girlfriend doesn't say anything for about it. Then you get home and you got cheesy potatoes instead of mac and cheese. Their cheesy potatoes are good though. Like, are they you are, talking about the little fried ones? No, it's like, like the actual cheesy potatoes. Like the container that it's like in the cold case when you walk in where they're like the meat is and stuff. There's a brand, whatever it is. Do you like it? <laughs> There's the brand where it's like, I don't know, in a square rectangle. Kitchen cravings. Come on. No, it's not kitchen cravings. Sure? I don't think so. I don't know. It's the one you stab the film on when you microwave it. And then you put it in the microwave. Well, we were coming home from the bar one night and we stopped. So we have a quick trip like on the same road that we live in. Very, very close to us. That's dangerous. Which, sorry. <laughs> which is very helpful. Um, but we stopped there and Avery wanted some mac and cheese and I was watching him and he grabbed the cheesy potatoes and I just didn't say anything. Anymore. I was not driving. No, so. he was not driving. I was the driver that night and I was watching him do this and I just... Her and the checkout lady, I was like talking about how great this mac and cheese is. Both <laughs> knew I had cheesy potatoes and nobody said anything. And then we got home and he made it. He was like, what is honestly I probably would have done the same thing just wait and see how long it would have taken for you to notice it was so funny oh perfect okay one more question you know I've got to ask it brown cap or green cap well whatever one's a whole milk I always have to look at the bottle and read it yeah it is but have you tried them side by side no no, I like to mix my whole milk and my 2% to get 102% milk. I will accept that answer. I'll, I'll <laughs> give it to you. That's, that's better than just saying brown cap. So I'll give it to you. <laughs> I, I just like whole milk. So Whatever. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. She likes green cap. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Oh, it's okay, not that I'm going to you guys off now. So uh, where can people <laughs> find you guys at on social media? You can. So my Instagram is Emily Matsky. It's M-A-T-Z-K-E is my last name. 
our YouTube channel is New Age Custom Farming, and we have um, Prairie Raised Beef is our Facebook page for the beef business, or Alsing Family Pulling Team for tractor pulling stuff on Facebook. And I will link all of that in the show notes. So if you guys want to check them out, please feel free to do so. But thank you guys so much for being here today. I really appreciate you guys being here and sharing a little bit of your story because I learned a lot about a lot of different things. So thank you guys so much. Um, and thank you guys for listening. If you're not following us already on social media, you can find us over at Forward Farming Podcast. I'm over at Cranberry Chats. Becca is over at Becca Hilby. And if you haven't left us a rating and review yet on Apple Podcasts, and I think you could do it on Spotify now, go do that because we love reading them. And now we're getting our videos up on YouTube. So surprise you guys, you're going to be on YouTube um, again. So go follow us over there and, and check out some previous episodes and just embrace the mess that we are. So thank you guys so much for being here today and we'll see you next week.